Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Penny Lane Podcast. Today, Blaine and Bofo are joined by Perch Perkins, who discusses his trading journey, forming good habits, and finding consistency. Subscribe to the Penny Lane Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Today's show is brought to you by Aries Broker, Last Bottle Wines, and Pennies Going In Raw. Enjoy. The stock market is hotter than ever right now, and traders are taking advantage. But what does that mean for the people who still haven't started trading? The market can be a little intimidating at first, but you don't have to be alone in the learning experience. We at the Pennies Going In Raw podcast are here to help you. I'm Dan, and with my co-host, Hugh Henney, we make the stock market a fun but informative experience for our listeners. We offer knowledge for all levels of traders, from beginners to those who do it full-time. On PGIR, we discuss up-to-date news about the stock market and interview other traders who all started out just like us and made it big. You'll hear from Hugh and other multi-millionaire traders, founders and CEOs of companies, Fintwit superstars, and even professional athletes. Have you ever thought about investing your hard-earned cash but don't know where to start? Do you have money just sitting in your savings account collecting dust? We were all there once too. Listen to Pennies Going In Raw on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Perch, hi. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. How are hey, you? Hey, Blaine. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm great. Man, you sounded real excited to be here, which I like. I am thrilled. <laughs> I've been a huge fan for so long. I can't believe this is happening. Uh, just ecstatic cool. right now. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. As someone who loves to hear people talk about me... Um, why, why are you, like, are you a real fan? You listen, do you listen to a lot of episodes? I am, yeah. I kind of, uh, restarted my trading journey, uh, in December of last year, and on my drive to my new, uh, place, new state I was living in, I downloaded, like, five or six episodes, and that drive across Iowa was awful, but I had, you know, (laughs) a bunch of Penny Lane Pod episodes to keep me company during the way, and got me so fired up and ever since then i've been trying to keep up with every episode like can't believe i'm actually here <laughs> um, well, thank it's wild you. um did you know i like tell shark this every week when we get our charts on where we're chart where the podcast is charting that we're like number 320 on the u.s comedy podcast charts which is really the thing i'm proudest of that is insane i love it i always get a good chuckle out of this too so i'm glad you're you know branching off into that category now (laughs) good traders but we're funny yeah you guys are sharks always like how in the world are like why why and i was like i don't know shark like when i was like filling out the thing it made you do categories and I picked investing business and comedy and he was like it's not a, it's not comedy and I'm like well turns out people like it I love it so anyway yeah we're here to uh I think our original tagline was like celebrate with you on the green days and make you laugh on the red days mm. it's perfect for That's that fitting. Mm. yeah I like yeah. that a lot yeah uh bofo Welcome back to the Penny Lane Podcast. How Thanks for having me. I am great, and I am happy to be here. You're becoming quite the little regular. Yeah, trying to weasel my way in here as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't... Have I seen you since the PJ Matlock episode? Have we uh, done any others? Hmm, that might have been the last one that we did together, actually. Are you still reeling? Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, yeah. So... 
down to earth. Um, just really cool talking to somebody who was, you know, honestly one of the first people I followed on Twitter, you know. I wrote PJ a thank you letter today. Handwritten? Mm -hmm. I actually, it's right here. I won't show you because it has his address, but I wrote it today. That's awesome. That was a great episode. Fantastic. So, did you listen to it? I did, yeah. Did you, did PJ impact your trading career at all? I mean, I think he's impacted everyone's trading career. Atlas was kind of, that's, you know, where I gravitated towards during the pandemic when I really put my head down to try and figure all this out and... I don't think anyone can deny that Atlas created this culture, really. Um, totally. It's crazy. Perch, what what did you mean when you said that you restarted your trading journey in December? So I, uh, I had a pretty rough point in my trading career at, like, I think it was October, November of last year, where I finally kind of, you know hit that wall and I was like, I got to get a nine to five. I'm not achieving the consistency I want. And after about four to six weeks of that, I was like, okay, I cannot do this for the next 40 years of my life. I have to reapply myself to trading. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I came up with a whole plan to kind of restart my trading career, which involved, um, completely, uh, transforming my lifestyle, uh, my environment. I moved to a place alone where I don't know anybody just so I could sit down and, you know, push myself at this for a year. So that was kind of my, uh, purchase last stand with trading. Well, okay. Let's back up then for a second. So yeah, Bofo's so excited, a lifestyle transformation. Look at his face. He's like (laughs) so excited. He's so excited. (laughs) So, so were you full-time trading before, like before October or whatever? I guess you could call it that. Yeah, I, I lost everything like during the pandemic. Um, all my opportunities for starting a career. I graduated college. Um, I, I ended up moving back home and I was like, okay, I got to push myself with this trading thing. You know, this could change my future and stuff. So I did it for like a year and a half. Um, but I didn't consider it full time. It was just kind of like a side hustle or whatever but i didn't were, actually were have that, that main hustle no so i considered it a side hustle in college and then i just kind of kept doing it after i graduated um okay. during the pandemic yeah okay and so that was what marginal success or you were losing or, or i was i mean i started off like at the absolute bottom i think my robin hood was down like 89 percent those first few days of March, I went from like 7k that I had saved up in college to like 800 bucks. I was just devastated. Um, and I, I was big into like biotechs at the time. So my entire portfolio was like small cap biotechs, which at the time I thought were like the best companies ever with all these big price targets. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, my portfolio was a mess. I like lost everything sold rock bottom when the market crashed and then, uh, oh man, I, I rebought all the positions the next day thinking that they had, bo- they had, you know, bottomed or whatever, but <laughs> I didn't know about wash sales at the time. So I pretty much eliminated that I could claim those losses <laughs> for oh my taxes. Goodness. Just, I know just L after L. Um, and then I was, I want to say the first two weeks of the pandemic, I, I built my account back up to like two or three K playing names like CODX. Uh, I 
what was it? iBio? Yeah, yeah, iBio, TNXP, uh, Vaxart, Inovio. Um, so that was fun. It was like I could go on stock twits and see what was hot and start doing this. And then once there was no demand for my uh, work anymore, I moved home thinking, oh, this COVID thing, this will last like a month or two or whatever. Um, but in the meantime, I was like, let's, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. It's a, it's a setback in my life, but I want to see if I can, you know, grow this little account and see what happens. Nice. And that, so that was the pandemic. And so you grew your account back up through the pandemic, but then you said you hit a wall. Yeah, I would say. So were you swinging until this past year? Oh man. Yeah. So I started swinging and then I sold everything. uh, Once I moved back home and I was like, okay, I'll download Webull. You know, I want to put my best effort forward to wake up at 3 a.m., pre-market gappers were nuts at the time uh so within like two months i had put my account up about 750 percent um so i was like oh man like i can totally do this but i mean if you looked around at the time everyone was making money everyone was making life-changing percents uh things were gapping up you know thousands of percents uh overnight it was it was insane so i kind of thought maybe some of that initial success was just due to the environment that was presented at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, So I kind of kept my original uh, base hits mentality of just taking my, you know, 20, 30, 50% or whatever, and not just holding on and hoping for a home run on every single play. But that started to get discouraging because I saw everyone was just, you know, changing their life on AMC, Neuro, Kodak, Spy, uh, like, you know, all those big names. And so I was just trying to hit home runs, like, the entire time. Um, Then I found Atlas, uh, Momentum Room, great education in there. And I started actually, like, trading with a system, or or so I thought. I just uh, mentally could not start putting size behind my trades. And that's really what... That limited me for probably all of 2021, I want to say. Um, so that was okay. a, yeah. So then what was the breaking point in, in October? I think I just looked at my account and how much I was making every day, and I had finally gotten over PDT. Um, and I, I had some bad habits when I got over PDT, but since I was over PDT, they weren't just bad habits. They were bad habits with size. <laughs> uh so I was making money just not in a super consistent way and not enough, I felt like. I guess since we're constantly exposed to big names on FinTwit, it's so easy to feel inferior and like what you're doing isn't enough and that you'll never reach that point. Um, and it, it really just got to me. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get a nine to five. Like it was, it was pretty much me admitting defeat, like that I would never, you know, achieve that status that I was so used to seeing. And was that nine to five that you got, was that across the country like you referenced? Uh, No, it was actually 100% remote. Um, Once I did that, I think for, it was two months, um, I was still kind of trading on the side, but the dream had kind of, you know, shriveled up and uh, died inside of me. And I knew I wasn't going to make it as a trader, but 
as soon as, you know, I got back into the nine to five and realized I was like, no chance I'm doing this for the next 40 years. I was like, this is awful. (laughs) I am going to do whatever it takes. Like trading difficult and strenuous. Absolutely. But it does not suck the life out of me like a nine to five does. Yeah. Like absolutely not. Then you listen to the pod and all of a sudden stuff started turning around for you. I did. And I, uh, I I did the most impulsive thing of my life. I just told everyone that I knew in my family that I'm moving out to South Dakota. I was living in Wisconsin at the time. I just said, hey, I'm packing up everything and moving to South Dakota. And I'm taking a year, setting it aside, and I'm going to change my life. Like, I'm going to, you know, start working out, start eating healthy, taking my mental health seriously and taking care of my body. Um, I'm going to push myself at trading so that if I fail, I at least know that I put everything into this in a good environment with n- not as many external variables that were negative, negatively impacting me, I guess you could say. Um, so I just said continuing to be mediocre at trading, that's no longer an option. Like, I, I have to do this. Um, so spoiler alert, trading is going fantastic for you. How's the other stuff going? It's been good. Um, yeah. So I actually, once I started having discipline, waking up at two forty-five to uh, run, lift, cook myself 245? a good breakfast. Two forty-five. Two forty-five central. Yeah. Yeah. So I will. Two forty-five a.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been what? doing that for like two years now, and I know it's. It, yeah all my friends and family are like why are you doing that but um all right so it's past your bedtime already right yeah no i go to i go to bed at like 6 30 or 7 so i make sure to get that you know seven eight hours and it's just kind of natural but i guess no one wakes up at 2 30 a.m just because it's natural or enjoyable like you have to have something driving that whether it's you know wanting to prove someone wrong wanting to prove something to yourself uh like yeah it's definitely unnatural but i i've stuck with it and i'm i'm proud of that um blaine i thought we were being disciplined until now we gotta i know move our i know our wake-up time up i guess <laughs> do do better yeah um you know that's really interesting because i have felt like i've done everything i possibly can in trading and i've like pushed as hard as I can on the podcast to try to make the two things work in a way that I would like make a living for me and just this weekend I was like I can't do it like I've tried as hard as I can try I've left everything on the table I've made sacrifices I've done everything and I was like I gotta I gotta figure something else out Jimmy like my husband I was like I, I just can't do it and so we talked through for a couple hours um if I if I wanted to like try to do a different career make it in some other way and I mean I was crying and I was just so emotional and we sort of decided at the end of the talk that um, I would just try to to like get a different career because like this is just it's been too much and it's too hard on me and we I made that decision and then like three three hours later I was like I just don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if I can go work for somebody else. And then, you know, I thought on Saturday, I was like, I will have zero doubt that I did everything I could. 
And then, but then I'm like, but have I? I'm not getting up at 2.45. You know, I'm still like FOMOing stuff that I know not to FOMO. I'm chasing things that I know not to chase. I'm not like following the rules as good as I could. I'm saying that I'm going to eat healthy and having like, like I had like birthday cake or I'm like, I'm, you know, I gave up drinking for so long mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, maybe I can drink on the weekends. Like I'm not, I haven't given it like a hundred thousand percent. So then if I give up and try something else, I have to start at the beginning, but I'm, I'm exhausted like yeah. where I am now, yeah. but then the thought of like going back to the beginning and something else, I'm like, I can't do that either. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the worst and I'm not perfect. I, I get worn down by everything and I'll, I'll sleep in once in a while or, you know, if I'm tired, I'll make a frozen pizza. Uh, I haven't drank in three months though. So that's something I, I Congratulations. To. thank wow. you. Thank you. Yeah, I know you've been at that too and been super transparent about all that. It's, um, you get me fired up about that. It's, <laughs> it's been awesome. I'm super passionate about it and, but I've been struggling a little bit with it as the weather gets warmer right and i'm like <laughs> doing things with my kids yeah. or like we went my son this weekend was in the um world series for baseball and we um like after the game all the parents went and hung out and this guy was making like custom margaritas it was a saturday night i'm like am i Am I like, do I care so much about my trade that I can't even do that I like can't have this mar I mean, just like it's sick. So of course I had the margarita and then I'm like, well, I'm probably not gonna trade well this week. Like Yeah. This sick, sick mental game that I play with myself. It's, but yeah. yeah, the drinking is I don't know. I've been on a I've been on a path with it. No, but that's a that's, good point, yeah. Blaine, because like when you talk about this extreme level of discipline that I think we aspire to and that I think Perch is talking about, like there's, there is this balance of like mental health and there's this balance mm -hmm. of like, you got to live your life. Right. Right. Like, yes. like that's the other thing I think about too, you know, like I'm, I'm not old, but I'm getting old enough now that it's like, these are still some good years of my life. Like if I'm too strict about everything, I'm going to miss out. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. either, yeah. You know, yeah. Do I want to be the mom who can't hang out after? And it's, I don't think that I have to be sober because like, it's, I, it's not like a, oh, if she has one drink, she's going to have 15. Like it, that's not the issue. <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, but do I want to miss out on fun stuff in my kid's life? Like that? I don't know. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. No, I totally know what you mean. And I'm not saying like everyone has to do it or, or anything. Like I, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm missing out. Um, I'm trying to eliminate those feelings and just say, you know what? This is just a year. Just, you know, I've spent more time doing worse things. Uh, but no, I definitely get FOMO in real life as well. Uh, sure. So I mean, you're like a first year law associate or whatever they call them, right? Like it's sort of similar of like putting in all that time in hopes of, I don't know, do you get the correlation? Yeah, no? yeah. And <laughs> I guess I thought doing all this stuff was just gonna like pay off and it would be great, but like it was not. I, I got here and was just a wreck. Like 
I'm out here alone. I don't know anyone within like three and a half hours of here. And, you know, I was like, like drinking is great as a social thing. And I think it's great in moderation, but when you're drinking alone, it becomes dangerous, like very fast and like a bad habit. Uh, so I was like drinking, you know, I'm always alone. Um, I was super, super anxious. Um, just, I don't know. It was, it was supposed to be this incredible like adventure. And I got here and was just not doing so hot. So, uh, that's when I started to like hop on voice with Bofo and Mikey and real ones in the morning. And I think that kind of like came in my life at the exact perfect time and was just what I needed. Um, which is crazy. Like, I don't want to be soft on the podcast and say it changed my life, but it definitely did. Like listening to those two going over, uh, you know, reading tape, marking levels, volume price analysis, discussing sentiment and themes. And it just helped tremendously. And I felt like I was a part of kind of like a little team in the morning. And for me being so lonely at the time, that was like just what I needed. Like it was, it was perfect. This episode is sponsored by Aries, the newest trading broker offering both mobile and desktop trading. The app is built for retail traders by retail traders, and they welcome user feedback. Do you ever nail the entry on a trade but can't get filled? You won't need to worry about that anymore because they are a self-clearing brokerage direct to exchange with TradeStation, and they are much faster than other brokerages that route through a clearinghouse. Aries is a multi-asset platform. You are able to trade stocks, options, futures, index options, crypto, and micros. You are also able to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies. Lastly, earn up to 5% interest on eligible crypto assets with no lockups. Aries has partners and offers many free tools such as Advanced Charting, TradingView with unlimited charting and indicators, free options flow, dark pool data, and many more tools on their roadmap to come. This is on average a $50 to $100 per month value, all for free. Finally, you can withdraw and deposit actual crypto and transfer to the U.S. dollar and use it to trade any trading assets offered. Aries is the first brokerage to offer this. Please click the link in our bio or go to www.tradearies.com slash pennylane to sign up for an account today. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, um... I think because because there was a while there in real ones where we were doing voice all day. Right. And Mikey and I have been doing pre-market voice for a really long time, even before that and even after that. And I think as much as people enjoyed the trading component of it, I think just the camaraderie component of it was just as important because training could be so lonely, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, like. I've developed so many great friends in trading, and a lot of that has to do with being able to talk on voice through Discord or however else. Um, so, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, that resonates with me. I feel you there. No, it makes a huge difference. And and now I've gotten so close with, like, Callum T1902, uh, Techie Trader, Trade and Fade, and that's all through the Penny Lane, like, community, too. Like, I met them in a comment section this, on... I'm like, those are I was going to say, like, do you see what you've created here? Like, this is incredible. I, I've met people that have similar strategies or Bofo as well. Like, we're at, like, the same place. I mean, these people are, uh, like, hungry. They're honest, humble, 
transparent and ethical and that stuff is just so rare in this game i mean all i saw on fintwit for a long time was hate jealousy ego fraud and it just kind of wears down on you after a while and it's great to be surrounded by who i am surrounded by at this point i'm very thankful for them that's amazing. That is amazing. Good old Callum. Yeah. Good old Callum. I'm just going to take my profit and fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off for the day. <laughs> I'm not fucking around here. It's always, it's always something. God, I love him. I need to check in with him later. <laughs> so, uh, Perch, tell us, um, like, part of the reason that we brought you on is because you have been exhibiting this insane consistency and um kind of came out of nowhere and also you've been able to size into it flawlessly so how did that all come to be like where did you find this strategy how did you work on it how's that been going talk about it yeah yeah definitely so in 2020 and 2021 i excelled at sympathies like those were my things i loved sector runs i would take detailed notes, you know, what followed what, in which order did they follow, how strong the sympathy moves were. And I felt like it gave me an advantage for the next time the sector ripped. But sadly, as you've seen this year, you know, we don't have those sympathy moves. So I started watching these sectors when no one else was watching them and noticed that, hey, wait a second, these follow each other like perfectly. How can I make money off of this? So I started grouping stocks up by pairs, whether they were, you know, automobile, uranium, uh, renewable energy, food plays, uh, other sectors and trading those and kind of seeing how they react to the overall market or say like an indice like uh, CL for oil. So I pretty much made these little baskets of stocks and realized that I could scalp them with I was using small size at the time, maybe 150, 200 shares, and I could scalp them up, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 cents. And I was struggling with small caps this year. I like, I won't lie. Like (laughs) I have not been the best momentum trader this year. And I found out that, look, I'm putting myself in a hole during pre-market and open every single day and digging myself out with this sector trading strategy. And so I posted that on Twitter. (laughs) Hello. Talk about it. (laughs) We just talked about this too. I I don't know why, but like Bofo and I trade well going to break even, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Like when we're down, we can trade like no one's business to get back to break even. But once it's going from break even to say, you know, a thousand, two thousand or whatever, like why is that more difficult than going from down a thousand to zero? (laughs) So that's been working for you like gangbusters. It has, yeah, yeah. And uh so I noticed that I was digging myself in these holes and posted that on Twitter. And one day, uh, Colorado Mike, uh, shout out to Mikey on Twitter, super positive guy. I love him. Mm-hmm. He was like, what if you just skip that first part? And I was like, okay, I, I got a good chuckle out of it. And then that got me thinking, I was like, wait, what if I just didn't trade something that isn't working and I just trade these sectors. So I did that. And that was, I think my first $500 day. And I was like, oh my God, like, 
you know, biggest day of the year and I just did what works, but it's, it's gotta be a fluke or whatever. And then did the same thing the next day. And that weekend I was like, Oh my God, like what if this just works? And so I just started, you know, um, her shout out to Herb trades. Uh, he told me to start scaling up in smaller increments, you know, don't go from 500 to 1500 shares, go from 500 to 750 or, you know, 500 to 600. And so I started doing that with this strategy and my days just kind of started building up bigger. And with that, I, I definitely gained that confidence and conviction to trust myself during these trades. Um, so yeah, I was pretty much watching level two, like a hawk all day. I was working at nine to five. So I needed a strategy that worked for the little time that I had when I wasn't working my nine to five. So if I look over, you know, these stocks are either going up or down. So first of all, I'm looking at the same sector basket take, uh, like automobiles, for example, I, I traded workhorse and ride for like two months straight every day, just those two. So I'd watch level two and find which one of them is lagging because at the end of every day, I know that their intraday charts are going to look exactly the same, which is, it's just a little pattern I noticed. And I was like, how can I profit off of this? So I would take size on the lagging name when the ask is getting chipped for going long or the bid starts getting sold into when going short. And so pretty much I'm going to be the last one to break that wall to the upside or downside, which means that with size, I'm instantly in the money, like which is sick because I don't like taking big size on things. I like eliminating risk. And this strategy allowed me to be confident, take size and be instantly in the money. And then pretty much all I do is watch those big bids or big asks uh, move in my direction. And then once, you know, spy or the sector starts to reverse, I'm able to sell my position and then flip my bias. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much my strategy. Uh, nothing too complicated, just trading sectors and scalping size on, you know, two, five, 10 cent moves just over and over and over. That's great, man. And I must yeah, feel awesome, awesome to have a strategy that works like, and it just continued to work. And like you, you found other pairs now that you're trading too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I started trading uh, uranium and I told like Callum and Justin about this and Callum was like, oh, what about like NXE that's in the sector? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I didn't know about that. And we've been banking on that like every day. And I think just being a part of a team now, you get more sets of eyes and people's brains behind something and it just takes it to the next level. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Like, it, you know, I'm, I'm not alone. I can share this with others. And if this helps others survive this rocky, you know, period of small caps where there's no momentum follow through or anything like that's great. That's yeah. what this strategy is for. It's not my like perfect strategy that works all the time that I've had two decades of experience with, but it pads my account right now and helps me survive, I guess. Um, yeah, it's been good. And so these, these stocks that you're finding the track with each other, you said they're in the same sector, right? But there's a few other things you look for too, right? Like 
like what price range are they? What float are they? So on and so forth. How are you uh, filtering for these? Exactly. So the price range that I kind of like is two to five dollars. I've noticed if they're over five dollars, the spread is like more than a cent. And I don't like that a whole lot. And I noticed that if they go under two dollars, which has happened to a few of my favorites, uh, it's always a sad day, but they start barcoding. And then there's like, you know, 50, 100,000 shares at every single cent. And it's like, I can't make money off of something that just barcodes the entire day. So I like that price range. I want to make sure they have decent daily average volume so that I can get in and out with size. Uh, the free float I like is around 150 million. Um, and I want to make sure that they are consistently reacting to SPY and IWM or their respective indice, like a uranium ETF or oil futures. Um, if they're not, there's no point in me trying to apply my system. Uh, if they're not, you know, following the sector or following um, the market. That's great. And you're going tight stops on every entry, right? Are you, yeah. are you letting it go against you at all? Or are you just... uh, I mean, once in a while, it'll go like two or three cents against me, but that's about it. I usually will, if I see the bid getting chipped and I'm in heavy, I'll sell into that bid for a small loss or let it go maybe a cent against me. But um, no, and and that was a big thing for me. I, I was you know getting wicked out of a lot of small cap plays and stuff. I was like, oh, I wish I could just risk you know, one penny or two cents or something. And this kind of works for that. Uh, so it fits my personality and um, my risk tolerance. And yeah, yeah, I think that's important for your strategy to uh, work for you and be unique to your personality. 100%. That's great, man. I'm proud of you. Proud of you for having that strategy and sticking to it and being able to scale up effectively. I think that's what we're all going for. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think I was afraid for so long to tell people like how I trade since scalpers were always, you know, like <laughs> looked down upon like, oh, you're a no good scalper, a penny flipper, a two cent Tommy or whatever. And, and then I realized that people saying this are probably not around anymore. Um, trading <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, right. or they need volume from their followers or they run a paid subscription or something. And it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, I sit over in the corner by myself. I trade a few things. I, I avoid crowds and stuff and just do my thing every day. Hey, if I'm making consistent money in this market, you can call me whatever you right? want. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so because I mean, I'm, I'm placing a ton of trades per day, but I, I don't necessarily feel like it's over trading. Uh, like Blaine, if you were placing 300 trades a day, like that's probably over trading for your strategy. I, I do like, yeah. And see if I were to... <laughs> four, four yeah. I'm like, whoa. Right. But you know, I did do like 65. Oh, wow. Okay. Back in my small cap mm -hmm. days. That's the thing. Yeah. So. It's, it's people look at that number of trades and they're like, blows their mind because you know, like large caps and options traders that want the bigger moves and everything. It's like, okay, I see my setup maybe a handful of times a day yeah but scalpers you know like we're playing those micro time frames like we got to be in and out a bunch of times yeah exactly if i made three trades in a day i'd probably be up like 100 or 150 bucks or something and that's kind of under trading because there are more opportunities there and 
I don't know. I just I just don't think there's like a one size fits all strategy or number of trades. Totally. So yeah, it, it's been nice. Totally. You know, I've seen I've seen this uh, strategy go like the opposite way sometimes of like a small caps trader who is just really afraid to to lose much so they'll just like take a trade and then put on a super super tight stop loss and then just get stopped out and stopped out and stopped out and then it like perpetuates that they're just only getting and that's maddening Mm -hmm. um so i think it's interesting that you're sort of like doing like a little bit the opposite of that is that is that fair of like you're like gaining that momentum sort of in the other right way. yeah i'm making like, sure the play goes in my direction like i'm the last one to break down that wall so that i've been filling like at the mid cent point i know um real simple ariel talked about this in his episode but i'm filling at that mid cent and then once i break down the wall you know that bid moves up with me and i'm already in the money like i i, I don't want to say that it's zero risk um because i i definitely have gotten hurt and um it's not a perfect strategy i'm still learning but uh it it works for me and uh yeah i'm able to really really keep my risk tight and i think that's crucial for right now um so many people are you know blowing up their accounts and stuff and it's it's sad to see but i'm just trying to stay safe and um stick to base hits totally yeah that's the difference i think blaine is like what perch is doing is not that it's not based on levels like i think he probably does have levels and he probably does have areas that he expects price to do certain things but it's really more dependent on the level two and you seeing the orders going through at certain price levels and kind of catching the that you know coattails on it if you will yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important, uh, like you mentioned, is watching the level two at these key levels. Like, staring at tape all day will drive you nuts. It is, I almost feel like it's detrimental to your progress if you're just staring at it all day. Like, use your mental capital sparingly and just stare at the tape during, like, key points, key levels, and see how it behaves. That would be, like, my biggest advice. Because um, if you're just staring at it all day, like the entire market open it's it's maddening it'll it'll like burn your eyes to stare at it for that long yeah you can exhaust yourself for sure so where do you go from here perch what's what's uh on the horizon for you now that you have this slam dunk strategy going i don't know i mean i'm gonna be honest the last two weeks i've i've ran into uh some mental obstacles uh i had the biggest week of my entire career first week of may and that weekend I was like, wow, like I can do this like easy. You know, I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I called my parents. They were like, wow, that's crazy. And I, I was just like, yeah, like I got this now. And that Monday went great or whatever. And I got comfortable and I came in on Tuesday and got smacked and had my biggest red day of the year. And I mean, it's great because I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I trade for a living. So like if something goes wrong, it's completely on me. And I was like, what, what happened? Like what happened today? And I was just oversizing and I got comfortable and that's what happens when you get comfortable or like 
cocky at all like the market will not hesitate to humble you and i mean you always got to stay on your toes and and put yourself in an uncomfortable situation or account for you know external variables that i I don't know i just couldn't deal with it uh it got to my head seeing that amount that i withdrew hit my checking account really messed with my head i was like wow this is like a lot of money that i'm putting into these positions and making and i was so emotionless uh with everything for so long and once it hit my checking account i was like oh my god like i i got spooked a little bit i won't lie (laughs) yeah it, it freaked me out uh something to point out is when you just mentioned your biggest red day of the year it was like tiny yeah it was like 280 bucks but for me that just that it hurt man like i thought i was unstoppable and stuff but no like i, I don't have a perfect as soon system as, you posted that, as soon as you posted that i was like read the room i know man. both like, always i love that i love like, that you always check me <laughs> like oh my gosh sob story i just had my biggest red to the year, 280 dollars <laughs> Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, like that—that's a big red day for some people. That's not a big red day for you. No, like... I, I don't know. I just got so used to hitting new personal records every day, and I lost confidence that day. I was scrambling around, and it—it it, it just hurt. I think, um, and I've been kind of just building my way back up since then. Um, just you know, focusing on kind of the process and what my life could look like if I only trade two hours in the morning and just do this system and you know, the freedom I could have and, and stuff. So I'm trying to find more balance rather than just going for PR days every day. And yeah, yeah, man. I, Cause if you're like me too, like I, I don't have that, you know, deal like you were talking about where like, Oh, it's the pre-market and the open that I get red, you know, like today, yeah. even I was green in pre-market, had a nice cushion, started to make a little bit after open you know, had a decent day going. And then I went downhill. Yeah. So you can, if walking away when you have a nice day is, it's a good thing to do. And it's honestly a skill because I can't get myself to (laughs) quit when I'm ahead sometimes. It really is. Yeah. And Blaine, I I really appreciate how like transparent you've been about like, oh, I I broke my rules. I walked back to my monitors. I had a level marked. I wanted to trade and stuff because no one, says that on fintwit and it's good to know that like i'm not alone and that really is a big issue <laughs> and it, it's so hard like wh- why why am why is making x amount like not enough for me anymore um it's it's just yeah. crazy and like another thing that i've been like i told you i had a bad day this past weekend but for the past month i've been like trading when I say that I'm not going to trade and I had to sort of have another talk with myself of like is is this an addiction now like after talking to Noah Schwartz the poker player who said he had a gambling addiction I had to be like what if that's all this is like it and then I was like no no that 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 cannot be all this is (laughs) And I have had like a very, very strict kind of, I mean, so similar with my drinking, but the last couple of days I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to trade. 
and it's been fine. Like I went to work this morning and usually when I go to work, I'm like trying to hurry home so I can like get a trade or whatever. And I stayed in the office a little bit longer than I even needed to. Got home around 1130, took a spy call and then was like, well, this is a nice day. <laughs> like, you know, as opposed to like, ah! <laughs> like, I, like <laughs> I gotta get home. I gotta, it's, yeah. I don't know. It, I don't ever want it to feel, so people <clears throat> used to ask me on Twitter, like, Blaine, do you feel like you always need to be in a trade? And I was like, no. And then I was like, well, but like, maybe. <laughs> and that, and the Apple thing helps so much with like, this is, a, you've had a nice day and you can call it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember April, you were having so many consecutive four-figure days, but they were like 10 minutes into open. And I was like, Blaine, like that's incredible. And and you just walked away for those days and you're like, yep, locking in my, you know, thousand, whatever. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. Like we have to take into consideration that we're doing this for freedom as well. And being able to just say, wow, I made this much. I can just walk away and enjoy my, the rest of my day. Like Bofo, I know you're, you're going to the beach some days when you're on vacation, oh my going gosh, to the pool. Dude, I was, like, I was just about to talk about that because sitting here listening to you guys talk, it just reminded me that like, it's going to end up being, uh, last week was pretty good. It, it might be my best week this week, the week I was on, I mean, best week this month the week I was on vacation that I woke up traded a little bit didn't feel like I needed to take a trade made some money and then hit the beach like that that was better for my mental health I traded better I was all there the whole time that I was trading and I didn't feel the pressure to take a trade if it wasn't there yeah and that worked beautifully I've done a horrible job of carrying that forward into you know the rest of this month and um, the other thing you mentioned, Perch, about or Blaine about gambling, when we scalp like we do, it's almost like the slot machine, right? It's like it's like over and over and over again, like trying this scalp, trying this scalp, trying this scalp, trying this scalp, and I think it makes it difficult sometimes to walk away and like put that stopping point in. Where if if I was only taking maybe five trades a day or something, or like really needed to find my setup there's like a much clearer gap between yeah you know so yeah there's there are pitfalls to this and i've wondered the same thing Blaine. like oh am i addicted you know yeah and, and i think sometimes yeah, yeah. i am i don't <laughs> yeah i mean do looking at um, like i'll track on my i've got my phone which i don't i'm not trading on my phone that's my rule but mm -hmm. i've got my screen and like taking that treat and it immediately being green is like <gasps> it's like the most it's the most most amazing <laughs> feeling mm -hmm. so i'm like well i mean if there is some kind of addiction here because there's that like trigger yeah. of like mm -hmm. that's yes. money i didn't have yeah ever. and i think that's what helped me do so well and hit these record days was i was just treating it like a video game and i'm just clicking around executing my system no emotions and that was that. And then the second I think it's money, I, I was freaking out about my size, you know, not following my plan. And like Bofo said, I was just going back because I'm like, oh, if I just get this, then I can be more green or whatever. And I mean, ugh, it's been tough. I feel like no matter where you're at 
on your trading journey, you're always going to be facing new obstacles. Uh, so it, it's been tough. Like I won't, I won't lie. It's, you know, my system isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. And just, you know, playing through the broken ankles and learning as we go. Irrational exuberance. When it comes to killer wine at drastically low prices, 30 to 70% off retail and free shipping, we live for that here at Last Bottle Wines. Whether you went long or short on GameStop, you'll need a glass of something terrifically tasty, and we've got the goods. Last Bottle is a daily wine site based in Napa, California. One wine every day at Black Swan event prices, usually 30 to 70% off until poof, it's gone. Whether you're a pound-the-table type, think ultra-crisp, quaffable Sauvignon Blanc, or a dividend aristocrat, Burgundy, or Napa Cab, there simply is no better place to buy wine on the web, and they always have free shipping. Last Bottle has a deal just for Penny Lane listeners. Use promo code PENNY10 to save 10% on your next order with Last Bottle. The code is good for one order and one order only. So, Perch, obviously we're not seeing you on mm-hmm. this and I have no idea what you look like or what body type you have but I'm very interested to know if you've lost any weight on your new So I grew up as like the shortest skinniest kid in my entire school like all the time I I mean I hit my growth spurt like junior year of college it was crazy I wasn't even 5 foot tall like when I got to college I was like 90 some pounds or whatever And, um, I I mean, I've tried to bulk up. So losing weight was like, I I just wanted to put on weight. I wanted to put some meat on the bones. Yeah. (laughs) And since I I got here and I was 129.2 pounds, uh, on December, no, that was, I weighed myself January 1st because it was my new year's resolution. That's kind of when things took a turn for the better. Um, and since then I'm up 21.5 pounds. So I'm pretty thrilled, uh, Hoping to wow. hoping to come up, Bofo. I I see you out there, just you know, flexing the casually, guns. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, I just wanted to put some meat on the bones, and and since I am disappearing for a year, I wanted to pop up and and be looking a little bit better for. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, cool. Are you doing any cardio, or is it a lot of? I am. Yeah, like in the morning, what's... cardio just it really just gets me going. I don't know if it's those endorphins or whatever, but yeah, I'll hit the treadmill. I hate running. Um, I, I like the, uh, cycle or whatever it's, whatever it's called, but man, that just hits different at three, four in the morning. Like it, it gets me going. Then come upstairs, you know, uh, Mikey put me onto this ghost gamer powder that just, Oh my gosh, you're on the gamer. Dude, it is so much better. What is so it's it? like this, uh, Blaine, wait a second. You like Swedish fish. They have Swedish fish. Yes. He- hear me out. It is the red berry, like <laughs> Swedish fish flavored energy powder. And it's like a blend of like natural caffeine, nootropics, all of these vitamins and whatnot. And you just shake it up. And I do this thing where I'll put it in a bottle and set an alarm for like 2.15. I'll wake up at 2.15, slam the whole bottle, and then go back to sleep. And I wake up like... 245 and i'm wired like i'm good to go i I shoot out of the bed you know um it's awesome it's like caffeine from coffee but you don't have the same crash or like 
Wow. It's it's great. I, yeah, shout out to Mikey for that. That's that stuff gets me going. What a bizarre routine to do to it's wake up at two fifteen, <laughs> chug this drink, go back to sleep, and then dude, it's weird. I've never heard of it. It's I, I was really. <laughs> have you never? You don't have a coffee nap? I love a coffee nap. What does that mean? So what I is get that? my coffee and then just have a little snooze, and then I'll get back up and have my next coffee. A coffee nap. Is... That sounds so I nice. I must have much more trouble sleeping than you guys do. Once I'm up, I'm up. Really, I I started having trouble with the whole three a.m. thing. So I was like, if I can get that caffeine in my bloodstream before, like you know, it's time to go. <laughs> See, I'd have trouble with the seven p.m. bedtime. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, would... I'm kind of a night owl. However, whatever this drink is, we need to get them on the pod to be a sponsor. If all of these traders are drinking this drink. All right, all right. Make a note. All right, I've got it. And it tastes like Swedish fish. Yeah, and it's they they nailed the flavor too. It's like perfect. Love a Swedish fish. I often will be like, Jimmy, do you think my life has gotten better or worse post Swedish fish addiction? He's like, I don't know, but. I have heard that I never, ever, ever liked candy until I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that that's a very common thing. Yeah, I feel like you need a treat or something to, like, reward yourself with or, like, a guilty pleasure that isn't alcohol. Like, I've been on a binge with fancy water, like, imported carbonated mineral water. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, this is oh, great. I've got, oh, you know, yeah. Perrier, uh, San Pellegrino, yeah. Topo Chico, and it's yes. just a nice little treat. I still get to hold a can. and little treat. Okay. Oh. My, um. This is a soda stream, and uh, Herve got me onto this because when I went and visited him in Denver, he had this. And so my girlfriend and I also bought like a fruit infuser. So we've been like infusing different combinations of fruit, and then we'll do the carbonation in the soda stream. It's pretty good. That sounds so good. Um, my brother-in-law, not Justin, my other brother-in-law who's never been on the podcast is sober and he goes through like probably seven to eight 12 packs of fancy water a week Hmm. he just like (laughs) when he gets home from work he's just like and then when i first stopped drinking i was like what do you got for me and he was like oh here's one here's one here like and i ordered him off the internet and was just going and then i also got into ken if you're not on Kin, you got to get it. It's um, It does have CBD in it, but it's like a blend of something, and you drink it at night, and it tastes a little bit like a kombucha, but it tastes a little bit like a cocktail, and then you just have the best. You're going to have to send me that it's link. So that sounds Ken? good. Kin. Like, K-E-N? in the South, we say, like, oh, we're Kin. Oh, oh like family? or Kin, okay. yeah. Huh. Oh, you're from the South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, if it, yes, if it wasn't a conflict of interest, I would have been like all up in their business to sponsor the pod. But we got it. We got one. We it's got amazing. One. <laughs> there you go. 10% off with the code Penny10. Last Bottle Wine is legit an amazing company. Yeah, can't beat it. I've got a box back here that I'm going to unbox for you That's going to be how I break my dry yeah. streak. I know it. Those That 10% off is too tempting. And, you know, 
It's so good, and you can get like a whole case. And you know what? I'm gonna. Sh I've been meaning to unbox. Let me unbox right here while we're doing this. Ooh. You guys can keep going. All right, while she's doing that, Perch. So, let's see. January, so like at the end of this year, are you moving? Yeah, I think I'm gonna rejoin again? society. Um, and, and move somewhere where I actually like know people and, and stuff. I, I'd like to move out west um, because I was like, if I can trade for like two hours a day, I could go skiing or hiking for the rest of the day. And I was like, that's that's great. And now I have a, a good bit of capital built up, but uh, I'm going to keep my nine to five for the time being. But yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to move out west, like Denver, Utah, some, cool, somewhere man. out there and that's that's like what end of 2022 that'll be december of this year yeah yeah and so you're you're gonna stay dry until then you're gonna keep working out until then like does all that go out the window and you're that's done? a good question you know i always told myself like if this mental clarity and complete control of my emotions disappears when i start drinking again I'll, like i'll never touch the stuff again because i feel so yeah good and i'm finally at a great good. place with my mental health and um trading ha has been great i was like this is changing my life like that would be such a waste to just throw it away uh so that i can you know get hammered two three nights a week yeah. like oh. yeah it's it's just not worth it for me but um all right well come december we're gonna see those uh shirtless flex yeah. <laughs> i have to get tan first all right are you <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready to see yes. what I got? Yeah, let's so see it, bud. It came in like this styrofoam cooler. Perfectly oh, wow. protected. There's three bottles in here. Uh-oh. Camera. Okay. First one is a champagne. Oh, it looks so Oh, it's a, it's a Chardonnay champagne. It looks so so amazing. Wow. Delish. I love how I love how they ship it. All right, what do we have? We have, oh my goodness, I can't even read that. It's so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very pixelated, but it looks catchy or something. Or It's a different, it's a di it's, it's Italian. Oh. It's Italian. It says Rosso, R-O-S-S-O. -S -S -O. Oh, and look at this seal. Sounds Doesn't delicious. That these look, look nice. What year are these? Fancy. Like. Uh, this is a 2020. Okay, okay. Um, the champagne, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, whoa, this is a ship in a storm. Mm. It's called the devil to pay. What could be more that fitting? Is perfect. I love it. I already know this that is one's a, good. This is a 2019. How often do you guys, when you, when you drink, how often do you, um, judge a bottle of wine by its label because i'm 100 percent. it's crucial that. it's oh, so yeah, important yeah. It's... yeah 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 the devil to pay red wine it's 53 percent malbec 26 percent cabernet sauvignon 11 percent Ooh, can't say it petite verdot verdot anyway it's by jack tar sellers napa california anyway, thank you last bottle of wine there's also something else in here oh i'm so glad we can this do is this sweet together. yeah you got to do an unboxing every episode yeah if you can't tell all three of us are sommeliers <laughs> oh interesting 
That's a uh, oh, just something from the packaging. <laughs> just uh, anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, it was called a Nordic ice brick. So oh like, yeah, okay. I know, I know but it wasn't cold, and it's also been in there like a week or two. It used to be cold. <laughs> But what in here could possibly need I was going to say, I don't chilled. think you chill red wine. Uh, Maybe. Well, you probably just don't want it to get hot. Okay. Yeah, it didn't get hot. It's been in my room temperature house. So I'm sure it's just for, like, the truck and then, like, sitting on your front porch, you know? Cool. And those Nordic things last a while, so that's probably a pretty good solution for them. Cool. Well, thank you, Last Bottle. Yeah, Cheers. let me know how those are. I we went to Napa um, last year, and so now I know everything about wine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> actually, actually, here's what I learned about Napa. Um, since I don't know anything about wine, like I could tell you if something is white or red, and I can tell you, oh, this tastes better than a box. You know, like that's about my the extent of my knowledge of wine. So for me, going to Napa, it was all about the views and the food because, like wine's yeah. wine's wine and it's good you know yeah so the people at last bottle said that if we wanted to as like a podcast we could come to napa oh. and visit their warehouse and they were like we will show you a good time and i'm like how soon can i go to napa yeah, anyway why? maybe we need to talk about this off air but maybe that'll be our opinion <laughs> yeah why haven't napa. we leveraged that <laughs> That's great. It's fairly new information, but okay, you know. I'm there. I'm always down for a All good right. meetup. Sure, me too. Me too. Well, Perch, this has just been phenomenal. I'm so glad we could just have a nice little life chat. You know how happy that makes me. Me too. I mean, I feel like everyone's been so down on themselves lately. I know both of you are so hard on yourself, but um. I guess you never know how close you are to breaking through until things fall into place and it all happens so quickly. So, you know, keep pushing, keep showing up and uh, keep your chins up. And Yeah, that it'll goes happen. for everybody. And, and even if you hit a hot streak, not out of the woods. No, do not <laughs> get comfortable. Do not get comfortable. <laughs> I feel like we need a group hug. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we do. A trading group. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Perch, you know, I hope you'll come back. I hope we we can reach back out in December, or we'll stay connected. But in December, you got to let us know if you changed your whole life, if this was life-changing, generational wealth. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And generational abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In perfect mental yep. health. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and another like fifteen pounds. It's gonna be thick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank. Thanks you. so much, guys. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.
The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane Podcast. The Penny Lane Podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.